In this episode, we're going to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on a number of aspects of our jury system. First of all, we're going to talk about the uh, response of jurors, what the reaction they have to that. Secondly, we're going to talk about the jurors with regard to their attitudes. How do they feel about corporations? We're going to close up about uh, how they feel about trucking companies in particular. And we are fortunate to have with us today Dr. Rachel Colangelo from Magna. You are the National Director of Research? That's correct. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Rachel, first of all, what has Magna been doing in terms of doing the research, uh, finding the information, uh, trying to help us in terms of what the jury attitudes are during this time that's uh, unprecedented? Sure. So we've been conducting several rounds of survey research, and when uh, we have been reaching out to people across the country in various different locations, major metropolitan areas, more rural areas, um, finding out what personal experiences folks have had with COVID-19, their anxieties, attitudes related to the pandemic, and then more specifically, their feelings about potentially serving on a jury during the pandemic, and also attitudes, as you referenced, toward corporations in general, as well as towards specific industries, including trucking. What what have you done in terms of studies? We have done three rounds of surveys. So we have one that we started in mid-March, and that is continuing into the present. Uh, And that has been a very limited focus, asking questions about COVID experience and willingness to serve jury duty. That study has collected over 3,000 respondents at this point. We've since done two subsequent more focused studies of 500 people each around the country. Again, getting more specific into juror attitudes that might affect uh, their perceptions in the context of litigation. Excellent. And in terms of jury service, Rachel, what have you found in terms of the willingness of individuals, both uh, as willingness to serve and in terms of breaking it down demographically on that? Yeah, we've had some interesting findings about willingness to serve that I think uh, litigants are uh, very curious about right now. So we wanted first to know will health concerns affect jury service? In other words, will anxieties or health risks due to the pandemic affect the nature of jury pools that we're seeing around the country? So we specifically asked people, if you were called as a juror uh, for a civil or criminal trial, would health or safety concerns make you less likely to report for jury duty? And as you can see here in this pie chart, 40% of our sample said, yes, I am more hesitant to serve on jury duty now than pre-pandemic. 28% of our folks said they weren't sure, probably thinking, once I get my jury summons, I'll have to make a determination about, uh, you know, the state of the pandemic in my area. A solid third of our sample, however, said, no, I have no health concerns, no hesitation about serving on jury duty. Now, we've seen some differences in the types of people, the characteristics of people that are more or less hesitant to serve. Um, So the people 
that have uh, statistically been less likely to serve on a jury currently include women, uh, jurors under the age of 34. So this is the millennial generation as well as the generation behind them, Gen Z. Uh, Democrats or those who have an other political affiliation, people with lower household income, those with minor children, as well as homemakers and students. Uh, now, when you look at that on the whole, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially the younger jurors, homemakers, people with minor children. Um, these are folks who, A, uh, have kids at home and might not have childcare options due to the pandemic. They've got children virtual learning. Um, and the millennial and Gen Z generation, just by nature of being the youngest in the workforce, are those that are less established in their careers, and they've been some of the hardest hit by layoffs and furloughs. So what we're seeing is that when people get jury summons, they're either calling the court or they're showing up in court and telling the judge, this would be an extreme financial hardship for me because I was laid off or furloughed and I just got back to work. So at this point, to take two weeks to serve on a jury is a no-go. Um, interestingly, stereotypically, these would be characteristics of jurors that we would often associate with being more plaintiff friendly. On the flip side of that coin, people who have shown no hesitation to serve on jury duty, those that say I'm absolutely willing, have no hardships or health concerns, include those that we stereotypically refer to as more defense friendly. So these would be more conservative politically, registered Republicans, those with adult children, and uh, those who are employed full-time or retired, uh, more established in their communities. Very good. Now, uh, in terms of the takeaways that you had, have you been able to look in terms of the feelings of jurors? What, what's been their response attitude-wise as a result of the pandemic situation? Great question. I think not surprisingly, what we're seeing right now around the country is a lot of vulnerability, a lot of feeling of anxiety, uncertainty, and a lack of control. We specifically asked jurors, um, has the COVID-19 outbreak affected views of your own safety and vulnerability? Over half of our survey respondents indicated that, yes, I now feel very vulnerable, more so than pre-pandemic. Um, 29 percent indicated no effect. And we see a correlation between these people and those that are not at all hesitant to serve on jury duty. Interestingly, 19 percent of people around the country indicate that they actually feel a bit safer now, a bit more in control because they're more aware of risk factors and how to avoid those risk factors. For example, these people say, well, I know that if I stay home, if I wear a mask, if I social distance, I can keep myself safe. Another type of vulnerability beyond health and safety is financial vulnerability. There's no doubt that many people have been negatively financially impacted by the pandemic. And we see that reflected here in this survey question in which we asked people after the pandemic subsides, do you think you will be more conservative, more liberal or not change your own spending habits? And as you can see, 46%, almost half indicated that they will be more conservative with their money post-pandemic. This is reflective of people who are probably currently struggling financially, but whether they are or are not currently are anticipating a bit of uncertainty and kind of a need to tighten their belts and prepare for 
the unknown as we've all experienced this year. So what defendants in litigation need to consider when thinking about this widespread vulnerability is that vulnerable jurors equal plaintiff-friendly, often punitive, or what we might call reptilian jurors. Um, those that are watching have probably heard that phrase, the reptile theory, reptile right. strategy. And that's the concept that if you can get a jury to start feeling fearful or upset about the way that a defendant's conduct affected not only this plaintiff, but can affect the public at large, um, that a fearful jury becomes angry and lashes out with a huge award. That is reflected in this pretty startling survey finding in which 84% of the jurors or public we've surveyed around the country have agreed that the duty of a jury is to be the guardian of the community by forcing companies to change their behavior with large damage awards. Um, this, I think, is, is pretty frightening to think that the vast majority of jurors are coming into the courtroom with this idea that that is my duty uh, to sort of serve as a guardian of the community. And how do you do that? Through these awards that get a company's attention. And, and that is the, the hallmark of the touchstone of the whole reptile theory, to be guardians of the community. That's exactly right. And that last statistic indicates that jurors right now are very susceptible. Um, they're going to buy right into that plaintiff theme, which can be dangerous for defendants. The, the reptile theory uh, encourages these huge jury verdicts, these nuclear verdicts that we call them sometimes. We've all heard about them. We've seen them in the news. There have been billion-dollar verdicts handed down um, specifically against product manufacturers uh, over the past couple of years. We specifically asked our survey respondents what they made of those huge verdicts, and 35% agreed that those verdicts are too high, they're unrealistic, meaning it's, it's inappropriate. However, another third of our panel around the country felt that billion-dollar verdicts are about right, and perhaps even more frightening is the 6% there who feel like those verdicts are still too low or ineffective compared to the company's profits. So there's a sense among the public that if I deem uh, a company a bad actor, if the evidence shows me that there's some conduct I don't accept and I feel like needs to change, the only way to make that change is through these billion-dollar verdicts. And Rachel, do, do these percentages track along that vulnerable, not vulnerable line that you spoke about earlier? They do. So the most vulnerable jurors are more likely to feel that these billion dollar awards are are just right. The folks that indicate I don't feel vulnerable or I feel perhaps even safer now than I did before are those folks that indicate a billion dollar verdict is too high. All this data, what does it tell you pros and cons with regard to what you found from a defense on this. Sure. So as your audience is probably thinking, there's some conflicting evidence from our survey research. Um, the cons, as we've been discussing over the past couple of minutes, are that many jurors around the country now are more vulnerable than they were pre-pandemic, both health-wise and financially. And we know that that can make a person more plaintiff-friendly, more punitive, more reptilian. So you've got more jurors out there who are susceptible to these plaintiff strategies. However, those most vulnerable, most risk averse jurors 
are actually less likely, according to our survey, to either show up for jury duty or to be seated on a jury right now. And I can speak from personal experience through myself and my colleagues who are now starting to assist with jury selections in person as courts open up. And what we're seeing is that these vulnerable jurors, the ones who are anxious, the ones who have financial concerns, are being excused from jury panels by the judge for hardship. I think rightfully so. Um, and so those folks are not making it through the screening process, if you will. So there's this real possibility that the juries that are actually seated, who will be trying cases in the immediate maybe slightly more defense friendly for that reason. Excellent. How about by industry? Has there been any reaction or uh, jury impressions with regard to the various industries as a result of the whole COVID-19 experience that we've lived through? Definitely. So um, certain industries have been in the media uh, as far as their operations, things that they're doing during the pandemic and have gotten some positive some negative press. And that exposure can translate into changing attitudes of jurors towards those industry sectors. Um, To start with corporate America in general, which is always a concern for defendants, um, we were curious whether the pandemic would change views of corporations in general. Pre-pandemic, we were seeing a trend of kind of increasing distrust and anti-corporate attitudes. We wanted to know, will that remain the same? Will it get better? Will it get worse? And as you can see here, 54% of our sample felt like my attitudes towards corporate America have not changed. Some, about a quarter, uh, have indicated that their opinions improved. There's this sense that we're all in this together and businesses are struggling just like individuals. So there's a little bit more of of empathy there for about 23% of our sample. However, another 23% indicate that their opinions of corporations have gotten worse and that the pandemic has only highlighted for them that corporations are out for their bottom line. They're gonna do whatever they need to do to continue to make a profit even at the expense of the public or of their employees. How about with regard to individual sectors then mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how it's been handled by the corporations or how the individuals have had to deal with it? Rachel? Yeah, I'm going to move to this next slide because uh, the perception of the public as to whether a certain industry sector is essential has a big correlation with how they're viewing that industry during the pandemic and whether attitudes have changed. So um, what we are seeing is that when the public finds a business essential, there's this appreciation, a gratitude that comes with that. And it results in something that we refer to as the halo effect, meaning um, frontline healthcare workers and truckers right now who are traveling across country to deliver needed goods. Um, Even beyond big semi-trucks, we're seeing consumer delivery services such as the Amazons, FedEx, UPS of the world. Um, People see those as essential services now more than ever before. And with that sort of realization that, wow, we really do rely on the trucking industry to get us the things that we need more so now than ever, comes this more positive view of the industry as a whole uh, and less critical assessments of those companies' behavior. 
So this is in contrast to what we saw pre-pandemic, specifically with regard to the trucking industry. It's not a surprise, I'm guessing, to most of your audience that a lot of prospective jurors out there have negative biases towards trucking companies, towards truck drivers. Um, there has been bad press. There are constant, uh, you know, plaintiff uh, attorney ads out there talking about big trucks and yeah. the, the damage that they can cause. Verdicts have been publicized. So in our pre-pandemic research, we've seen that 75% of jurors around the country agree that tractor trailers are generally dangerous. So they're coming into the courtroom feeling like, you know, this industry is a dangerous industry. And a third of our jury pool pre-pandemic believe that tractor trailer drivers are generally reckless. So not just negligent, but reckless. And I think that is quite startling. Um, so the views that we're seeing now during the pandemic and hopefully continuing post-pandemic of truckers, trucking companies are more positive than we were seeing pre-pandemic. So this indicates that the trucking industry specifically is going to, we hope, benefit from this halo effect, this appreciation, more awareness of what the industry does and why we all benefit from it. And had you had any uh, experience uh, beyond this with regard to specific tractor trailer instances at all, uh, Rachel, or uh, this fit in kind of the general pattern that you've seen as of late on this? This definitely fits into the general pattern. My colleagues and I have a lot of experience working on trucking cases specifically. We conduct mock trials and focus groups, and we also interview jurors after actual trials when we're allowed to. And in that mock trial research, what we see is uh, a very high expectation placed on trucking companies, truck drivers for uh, their conduct and for their ability to avoid accidents. So we hear things from jurors such as this driver is essentially barreling down the road with an 80,000 pound weapon. That's a quote from a mock juror. So that's the sense that when you are driving a big truck, you have more responsibility than others on the road because what you're driving is, quote, a weapon. Um, and we've all heard stories about truck drivers being, you know, overworked, they're tired, they're fatigued, they're, they're fudging their logs. You know, that's the exception to the rule in my experience. But those are the stories that get publicized and that's what's in the public's mind. So there's kind of a sense of um, not enough responsibility and care being taken in an industry um, that is inherently dangerous. And so from your experience, the challenge for those of us who defend those companies is to overcome and address those biases. Uh, exactly. And to do that from the very beginning, starting in voir dire, to yeah. be open about, look, we all know that the trucking industry has not had the most positive press mm -hmm. and that some people have ideas about truckers, for example. Get those negative feelings sort of out in the open, address the elephant in the room and find out which jurors do uh, harbor those biases and you need to get them off of the panel. It can also be very helpful to humanize your driver um, when you have that opportunity to humanize the company. This is not just a big faceless company. It's a collection of individuals working hard and also to address industry standards with jurors. I've heard jurors talking about uh, training and uh, criticizing the level of training that certain drivers have gotten when actually this company 
really was gold star, had gone above and beyond all industry regulations. And when jurors realized that, that this company had actually done more than many others, their tune changed a bit. But there's just sort of a lack of knowledge about what is that baseline and doing some education can go a long way. Perfect. Rachel, we can wrap it up. What are your takeaways in terms of what you have found and what you've done with regard to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic? I think my takeaway is to be cautiously optimistic for defendants of all types, but specifically in the trucking industry, that um, there may be opportunity here to take advantage of both the halo effect and also the fact that juries who are being seated uh, might not include some of that most vulnerable, most plaintiff friendly population at present. Super. Rachel, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Doug. It was a pleasure.